0: Welcome to the Community Health Alliances podcast, brought to you by Monarch Healthcare Management as a donation to Care Resource Connection.
1: Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name is Steve Coring. I'm the fire chief for the city of St. Louis Park in St. Louis Park, Minnesota.
0: And I'm Amy look CEO of a nonprofit called Care Resource Connection.
1: And today our topic is mental health. I know this is something that everybody's aware of. We hear it uh, a lot in our day-to-day activities in healthcare and in public safety. And we're fortunate today to have an organization uh, as part of our podcast who is really at the forefront of dealing with this at the community level. Today we have with us Rob Edwards, who's the CEO of of the Lee Carlson um, Center for Mental Health and Wellness. Uh, Rob uh, has a storied career in mental health. His expertise spans areas of program development, quality improvement and leadership in the field of mental health, child welfare and family services. Rob holds a master's of social work degree from the University of Minnesota where he was a child welfare scholar and a Minnesota Department of Human Resources Fellow. He's the past president of the National Association of Social Workers, Minnesota chapter. He also serves on the board of directors for Aspire Minnesota, uh, which was formerly the Council of Child Caring Agencies and is a member of the executive committee of the Inoka County Children and Family Council. Rob is also a member of the community faculty of the University of Minnesota School of Social Work and lectures and trains across the state nationally, internationally on topics ranging from leadership to ethics, to evolution, and the program innovations. In 2020, Rob joined the Council of Regents for Saint Mary's University Schools of Graduate and Professional Programs. Rob, that's an amazing pedigree, and we're welcome. We're welcome you to our program, and uh, look forward to hearing your story. Tell us a little bit about Lee Carlson.
2: Well, sure. Thank you, Steve, and thank you, Amy, for inviting uh, us to. Can be represented in the conversation and, and share what we have to offer. Lee Carlson Center is a nonprofit organization, a safety net mental health provider uh, with a 45 plus year history uh, doing the work we do in the community. And that's a, a wide range of mental health supports for individuals across the lifespan.
1: When you look at your work that you're doing, Rob, tell us how you focus that work within a given community. What's your Kind of, what are your strategies when you take a look at, say, a community like Saint Louis Park?
2: I think we're we're doing uh, what every good nonprofit organization would do. Fundamentally, is a, a good environmental scan. We talk to the community, the people involved, uh, do a little bit of a, a needs assessment um, to really understand. You know, is there a gap? Is there something that uh, is not being provided in the community? We we're not uh, one to tend to get involved in. A space that's already well covered. Um, so we're kind of looking for is there a community need going unmet? Is there something that we have to offer, a, a, a service that uh, we're, we're well versed in? And uh, does the community want that extra partner uh, to become involved? And that's kind of what we've been doing in St. Louis Park now for uh, just a little while, uh, started about the beginning of the year.
1: When you approach the community, uh, as you've approached these communities, what do you see are some of the biggest challenges that uh, that need to be addressed, at least initially, to, uh, to even start the dialogue?
2: Well, the challenges that we have in our mental health system are ongoing and, uh, I don't know, they're constant. I think the the reality is that the pandemic uh, created new variables, new challenges. Um There were some opportunities that we identified some silver lining in in the pandemic as it relates to our mental health system of care but then i think it also you know showed some of the the cracks some of the you know obvious uh barriers uh, to mental health access uh, demonstrated for us you know some areas that uh, people are probably going to fall through the cracks if they not if they are not already and so we need to you know, bolster ourselves and our systems, uh, our system of care, and I, you know that's a that's a lot to ask. That's a uh, a, a comprehensive equation that involves, uh, you know, basically an entire community. Um, you know, one of the the things that we uh, were very fortunate to be able to do is meet our clients in a safe way during the start of the pandemic, uh, with the uh, additional allowance for telehealth and and phone based services. This is something the field been tracking towards for many years and uh, a little bit behind the curve on what um, we're allowed to do with various standards and um, rules and regulations, maybe health insurance payers, uh, a little maybe a little behind the times compared to where the, the uh, physical health uh, environment of uh, service provision was at the time. So we've done some significant catching up. Um, Obviously, our work is a little different than a physical health uh, provider when we we're talking about behavioral health, mental health, mental wellness. Uh, so it really is you know, now falling back into uh, a continuous assessment of what clients' needs are going to be. Uh, can those needs be met via telehealth over the phone, or will it be absolutely, re- absolutely required as part of treatment that we're meeting in person with clients? We didn't get that chance at the beginning of the pandemic to. Continue to meet, meet in person in often often situations, but now it really is part of uh, our you know ethical obligation to ensure that uh, clients' needs are being uh, met ultimately, and where that can be done via telehealth, uh, we'll do it. Uh, but where it needs to be done in person, we need to be able to get into uh, delivery of care in that in that manner. You know, that's that's one of the I think the 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 hallmark understandings that we've. Uh, we've learned through a, the pandemic experience. You know, I think the other thing that we've learned is our mental health system is going to be taxed and maxed uh, with the the you know reality that we're coming out of a period of time. Um, I suppose not unlike uh, wartime in some in, in some respects, and it's it's uh, it's post war. It's post COVID nineteen. And we're going to have to uh, you know, align things, get things back on track. Um, we're going to need to establish new opportunities to engage individuals who may want to enter the workforce to help us in the mental health system of care. Uh, we're going to have to maintain some of those service flexibilities. We're gonna to have to eliminate wait lists and find new program approaches uh, that make the idea of a wait The mental health services you need today obsolete because people can't wait for that so we're trying to get closer to uh, meeting folks where they're at and that's really uh, an important hallmark of uh, mental health care uh, social work practice to be able to be um, meeting each client where they're at in it in in their uh, meeting their own unique needs
0: Absolutely. And I, I, I want to highlight, too, um, the work that you're doing, you know, post, as we're talking about post-COVID, um, and finding creative and innovative ways to increase that access, especially when it comes to um, the non-crisis 911 calls uh, that our fire departments are, and police departments are going out on, and how Lee Carlson has been an intricate partner in our Community Health Alliance, offering additional training for uh, our police and, and our fire, and and connecting back with those warm handoffs, and and just really trying to create a system where we're breaking down the barriers, including even bringing over your your schedules of of canceled appointments or open available slots for the EDS to be able to utilize, and then also starting the conversation in a new way of how we can be working with our long-term care and, and our senior living site. So I'd love to hear some more uh, about that as as we get get moving on um, down this path. but if, if you could just talk a little bit about how what we're starting in St. Louis Park and the training that we've provided in in the Fridley uh, with the Fridley Fire Department and Fridley Police and how that that's moving forward.
2: Sure. We know that there are people that our agency isn't reaching. We know that they're out there. The question is, who is connecting with them in the community? And sometimes that's family, that's a teacher, that's someone in school, someone they work with in their place of employment. All too often, it's it's law enforcement, it's fire, it's emergency medical, it's the ER, emergency room, uh, primary care providers. So the idea is that wherever someone is uh, encountering a mental health need and and they are in connection with someone, a relationship that they have in the community already, we really want to link up with not just clients, but also those who uh, are prospective clients, uh, people in need. We want to link up also with uh, individuals who offer care and support to those folks. Um, With uh, the city, for example, and and police and fire, um, and uh, continuing on to working with emergency rooms and other healthcare systems. If um, a client is identified someone who could uh, need mental health support, we wanna have those liaisons to those uh, groups of uh, caring professionals in the community where they can use the power of the relationship they already have with an individual to uh, do a warm handoff to our agency, to our intake team, um, to introduce the individual to this opportunity um, once we get connected to the individual and, and there's a, a transfer of trust, um, that's when we can take on the role of engaging the individual, um, providing them a reminder calls, start a relationship with them with our engagement specialist before they even see a provider, uh, find a way that we can look at our availability of providers and uh, slip them into a cancellation slot, uh, schedule them into uh, a gap with a provider that. Uh, seems to be a right match for them, and walk them every step of the way from that handoff from a caring uh, person in the community to their first appointment. And once we get them to their first appointment, we know they're going to love the provider they're working with. Uh, We think they'll come back for a subsequent appointment post-assessment. We think they'll develop a treatment plan. And that's really what we want folks to be doing is getting uh, engaged and, and, and becoming um, active in healing and recovery, um, working with um, and sometimes coming back to the mental health system system of care if they didn't have the best experience, but walking that process with them as they consider uh, working with someone again in the future.
1: Rob, this this is a, kind of a topic that comes up from time to time, but we always hear through various studies and, and research that the fire st- That the firefighters, fire departments, are one of the most trusted resources in the community. How how important is trust when it comes to that initial kind of request for? Are you willing and open to 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 need help or ask for help or or when you're for people just to admit that they want help? How important is trust within that community relationship?
2: You know, trust is so important. I think uh, some individuals they know kind of what. mental health service looks like or they can envision what that might be for for many others uh, they don't they don't know and for someone uh, who's assisting them already in some other capacity uh, to walk that process along with them um, you know i think it takes a little edge off uh, the sense of risk around that Um, they're not in this alone Um, they know that someone is pulling for them and interested in them. getting that support from the right place. Uh, You know, I think that that uh, that relationship and if you if you don't have it in your own family, if you don't have it in the workplace, um, you know, there are uh, systems within our cities, police, fire. um, It can be anywhere. It can be anywhere. It can be in your faith community um, where we can make those connections. We just had a connection via faith community the other week um and this is someone who needed support the faith community knew about us um we made that connection that warm handoff that person got scheduled into a late cancellation for the very next day um and again uh stepping forward can be a scary thing to seek support and and to really kind of enter into that um that process um doesn't need to be isn't for everyone um but if it is then we just have to to, to learn how uh, how to move forward and and offer those services uh, it might not be the right time for an individual, but if we do our best at uh, offering that support and uh, trying to you know share about what those services look like with the individual, um, it will be front of mind uh, for a later time when it might be might be appropriate.
1: I guess to follow up a little bit on that, um, you know, for our listeners who are considering or thinking about how they would approach. That community assessment. It seems to me that a lot of times, or one of the dangers with this kind of uh, this kind of discussion, is the the assumptions that occur about where the problems exist. And I think, and from what I'm hearing, you say is that that these problems are broad across the entire population. There's not a specific population or a specific culture or neighborhood that's having issues. It's really a broader problem than that.
2: I, I think, I think that's, that's for sure. That's exactly right. Um, and not every um, problem that has a element of, um, um, you know, uh, mental health dysregulation or um, uh, any, any challenges with regard to mental wellness, uh, n- not every one of those circumstances is uh, there going to be a need for therapy or um, a, a mental health provider, you um, to to provide a weekly uh, session uh, of outpatient support there can be any number of ways to address that and 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 we often work with a whole array of uh, ancillary providers to wrap wrap care around an individual um, to kind of meet them with all of the needs that they have could be a housing need could be an employment need uh, it could be a, a, a challenge with grief that's uh, short-term temporary. Um, could be educational needs. could be just family functioning. Uh, and so the path is always going to look different. We tend to start um, with folks who reach to us with an assessment. That assessment is holistic in nature. We're looking at um, all aspects of what's going on in that individual's ecological system, that system that they live within. Um, considering uh, culture, considering what their motiva- motivations might be for change, what they want to change in their life, and then developing a treatment plan that really is uh, kind of formed with them. Uh, well, very much formed with them. Uh, they are in the driver's seat. Um, you know, we're engaging them around their own self agency, uh, their own autonomy, and and really, um, you know, trying to meet everyone right where they're at.
1: So we're fortunate to have Lee Carlson right here in St. Louis Park, but uh, across our listener base, which you know is fairly broad, we would ask you know I would I would ask you what are what would be maybe one or two things that if a fire department or uh, was looking to expand a discussion with a local mental health provider, how should they start that conversation, and and what were the what would be the things that you would be looking for? uh as a mental health professional to uh to have that dialogue start to move towards something productive
2: we definitely want to facilitate a partnership where uh a partner like law enforcement like fire is interacting with the community do you have access to all the resources to refer uh, the people you interact with to if there is a assessment of a of a need that's going unmet um, a place where uh, you know, you can't refer um, developing that that source that 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 network. Um, the other thing is, I think you know, we can't just refer individuals with mental health needs into a into a waitlist. We have to develop other strategies that uh, are you know waitlist non-dependent. Um, we are in the process right now in St. Louis Park of looking at the idea of developing a drop-in center for adults with severe persistent mental illness. Um, some of these folks are first episode uh, psychosis. Um, uh, they they haven't encountered the mental health system. They've gone a long time without the support they need. Perhaps uh, other uh, clients that we serve in this in this um, type of model are individuals that get a lot of services from a lot of sources. Um, but what we what we need to do, and we partner with uh, a group like law enforcement or fire, uh, we need to have a place that uh, we can bring those clients into and then they can get engaged in a whole milieu of service uh, that really meets the need. Um, and maybe perhaps along the way, if we're meeting their needs. They're having less encounters with police and fire over time, uh, or at least the ones they're having are, are, are very positive in nature. And we do that at our, our drop-in center uh, in Fridley. Uh, we have law enforcement come over to our drop-in center and uh, where we serve lunch every day to our, our clients who are dropping in. Um, and law enforcement gets behind the counter and they serve lunch, um, and uh, they play cards with our our members. They, uh, they they're coming out and and playing cornhole in the parking lot, um, enjoying each other's company, um, kind of breaking down some of those barriers. And it's it's wonderful to see our community members interacting with with law enforcement and fire, in in just different circumstances uh, than they may have uh, in the past. So we're trying to build, uh, you know, build that cohesive community. And again, we have to develop, develop systems where someone can just drop in, um, where we're open, we have the capacity, and uh, folks don't have to wait for those mental health services they need today.
1: Well, Rob, I really appreciated your time today. We are uh, um, excited about our relationship with your organization. The more I get to know everything you're doing, and and Amy's had a lot of experience with you uh, throughout her process, but uh, we're excited that you're a part of our team. we uh, we welcome hopefully future dialogue with you on our podcast as as things expand. And again, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to meet with us today and share your story with our listeners.
2: Thank you both, and thank you for being so innovative and uh, gracious with your partnering.
0: Thank you, Rob. We appreciate you, and we look forward to hearing more about how we'll be working together in our senior a long-term care space with Bridgeview.
2: Thanks a lot everyone.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Please tune in next Wednesday wherever you listen to your podcasts.